palm a bit with the big don't argue. Punters will love that. Download our app today and enjoy tackle-busting benefits with great promos, great odds and same-game multi this footy finals at Palmerbet. Gamble responsibly. For gambler's help, call 1-800-858-858. Welcome, everyone, to episode 452 of Fergo and the Freak, the grand final review, and the Penrith Panthers have defeated the Parramatta Eels 28 points to 12, to win back-to-back NRL and World Championships. What a tremendous effort. Uh, This game was pretty impressive, I've got to say. And it's pretty cool that if you've been listening from the start of the podcast, you've heard me go through a journey where early on in the podcast, we weren't that good as a Panthers team. We had some good young players, but we weren't that good. And now you're listening to me do back-to-back grand final wins. It's really mind-blowing I can't believe it's happening you know I'm watching this football team doing things that like I've only ever really seen the storm maybe do before or get close to doing because even the storm haven't done this and it's weird because it's my team doing this and not only did they win the NRL grand final they won all the lower grade grand finals as well it's insane now when this grand final started uh, it was interesting to see how the teams ran out on the field. Penrith looked calm but determined. Uh, the Eels looked a little bit tense, but they looked all right. They they looked all right. Then the game starts, and Penrith just goes to war. Penrith absolutely belted Parramatta in every single tackle, and they just didn't stop. They didn't stop. It was incredible. Um, You know, I've talked about how brutal it is when you're at a football game that the Panthers are in, and and you can just hear the way they hit. It's different. You could see it in this game. Like, they were bashing everybody in the Eels team. They shut down their attack completely. Um, You know, they forced a couple of their players to just do nothing at all to go into their shells. And this game was over really early on. I mean, that was a point, uh, I think it was maybe only 20 minutes in. And the Eels just looked gone. They looked stuffed. They looked like a team that was just like, what are we supposed to do? You know, because they couldn't get out of their own end of the field. Every time they ran the ball, they were getting just destroyed by the defense, the Panthers' defense. And it just didn't stop. It was, you know, people have been saying, why don't we use a different word rather than relentless for the Panthers' defense? There's no other word to use. They were just absolutely relentless. Um, You know, and their attack just runs off the back of that. Their attack just is, you know, they're hard runners. It's not the most complicated attack in the game. And as I've said, it looks clunky at times. But it doesn't matter if you've been absolutely bashed while you had the ball and now they've got the ball and they're normally attacking in your half of the field because you can't go anywhere when they're in that sort of defensive mood. At one point, it looked as though the Panthers maybe had an eye on scoring more than 40 points in the grand final. Eventually, things settled down a little bit more. Uh, Parramatta sort of pulled themselves together a little bit and there's no doubt that Penrith took their foot off the the accelerator 
I would say with 20 minutes left at the very least. Um, there were no super key moments in this game. I think that one of them you would definitely say there was a try that was given to the Penrith Panthers where it was ruled that there was a ball that went out the back line to the left of the, the Panthers attack. And it was a try that Toto scored in the corner. And basically... Viliami Kikaud ran through the line and to me, and keep in mind, I'm a Panthers fan, but to me it looked like rather than running at the shoulder of uh, Moses, Moses sort of stuck his arm out and it was almost like a flop that you see in basketball. He stuck his arm out so that Viliami runs into his arm and then he ran to the referee and said, well, I had no chance to get to the ball. The ball was already gone well and truly. Now the video ref said that he had made a defensive decision. Um, I was I was fine with it, obviously. <laughs> it really put the game very early on out of reach for the Eels. Uh, I don't think it, it really turned the game in a massive way, but, you know, I can see where Eels fans were kind of put out by that decision. But I, I just felt like it was, you know, the ball went out the back and it wasn't even as though... It just felt like a cynical football play by Moses to me. I could be wrong. I'm a Panthers fan. If you look at it a different way, that's fine. That's completely fine. But that's the way I looked at it anyway. Um, that's just my watch going off because I I put it onto exercise mode before the footy started. I haven't looked at those numbers yet. I'll talk about them on the podcast coming up probably tomorrow or the next day, whenever. But I know at halftime my heart rate was 109 beats a minute. Anyway, back to the footy. Uh, other big moments in this game. I would say there was the, there was a tackle that uh, it was later on in the game and, and the game was pretty much done and dusted except for if there could have been a miracle by Parramatta, a miracle comeback. And there was a tackle that Dylan Edwards did down the sideline that was so reminiscent of the tackle we saw by Scott Sattler in 2003. It was incredible. Um, I, I don't know who it was. I can't remember the name of the, the Eels player it was, but he, when he come down in that tackle, he dislocated his shoulder and was off for the game. So not only did they turn the ball over with this great tackle by Edwards that was you know just a copybook tackle, um, cover tackle, it, it took one of their players out of the game. And it was all over. I mean, this game was over really early on. It was weird as a Panthers fan to um, feel that the game was over very early on. It was. It kind of was like watching a celebration of the season. But you can't really celebrate yet because we've seen some weird stuff happen in rugby league and you just never know. You never know if a team's going to turn it around or players are going to get sent off or whatever. Now, the Eels did score two late tries, consolation tries, one of them to Brad Arthur, which was nice to see. He came on late in the game, but uh, it just it wasn't a close game. It wasn't a close game at all. Gutherson was terrible. Um, I've never seen Mike Acevo smashed before, and the Panthers did it basically all night up until that last probably 20 minutes of the match when they... As I said, they took their foot off the pedal. They were they were brutalising the the Parramatta Eels side. It was really like everyone that ran the ball got smashed. Dylan Brown was kept quiet. 
Um, Mitch Moses was kept quiet, but I can't blame him because his forwards were just belted out of the game. Like there was nothing he could really do. Uh, Reed Marnie didn't do much in this game. But once again, he wasn't working off the back of, you know, good play the balls because they were going backwards. They were literally getting hit and getting driven backwards. In the first half, Brian To'o had more run meters than the entire Parramatta Eels pack combined. That's unbelievable. And, and that's next level. Um, I said all week that if the Panthers won this game, if the Panthers lost this game, I said you would look at it and say three grand finals, one victory. That's a good run. That's a really good run. I said if they win this game, three grand finals, first team to win 20 games in three straight years, one of the few modern-day teams to win back-to-back grand finals, to do it on a day where they won everything else except the women's comp, and they just don't have a team in the women's comp yet. Uh, You know, it might be one of the best seasons an overall club has ever had. In fact, I think it's hard to say it isn't. Statistically, I think it's almost impossible to say it isn't. The best single season that... NRL slash New South Wales Rugby League overall club has had ever. Um, as to where this team now rates, since the 10 metre rule come in, they're one of the top, you know, I mean, there's only a few teams that have won back-to-back titles. So it's like them, the Roosters from a few years ago, who I think this team would wipe the floor with that Roosters team personally. And then the other one, you're going back to 92-93 with the uh, the Broncos, which, I mean, it's a very, very long time ago. That Broncos back line was incredible. But I, I would definitely take this Panthers forward pack easily. And I think defensively, it, I mean, it's very difficult because you're almost going back to a different era of professionalism. Um. It's they're really the two one the two teams that you line up that have won back to back those two. I don't think you line the Roosters up with though the Broncos of ninety two ninety three and this Panthers team. Uh, I think that it's those two, and you know maybe that's something me and Andrew can talk about on a future podcast. The crazy thing here is that this Panthers team is so young; they're losing a couple of players. But when all your lower grades win, and they win pretty damn well in some cases, the production line is ridiculous. And it's the pointy end of the biggest junior development base on planet Earth. And it's like a rugby league area through and through. It's like all the best athletes in the area, in the Penrith district, they're playing rugby league. And it's a big area. This Penrith team has the chance to go on and do some things we haven't really seen in the modern era that we definitely haven't seen in the 10 metre era, which is really what you call the modern era. Now, then you have to start going back to before the 10 metre era and look at what they can do on an all time scale. 
Now, when you look at the drag, look, no one's ever going to win 11 straight. The Panthers aren't going to win 11 straight. Spoiler alert, okay? So no one's ever going to beat that. But, you know, could if they could they win four out of five? I don't think that that's out of the question. Like, if they win two of the next three from where they're at now, like, that doesn't seem outrageous. It's very, very difficult. It would be extremely difficult. They'd need some players coming through to fill in some gaps. Some more players are going to leave, no doubt. But you look at everything that's going on, and you wouldn't rule it out completely, would you? And if they can do that, like, then they're winning the the grand number of grand finals that some of the best teams of all time have won. You know, you're starting to get to that level of, you know, how long how long is the run of a great team? And of course, the Dragons, they're an anomaly for no other reason than that they were so good. Like, there's no, there's no workaround for what the Dragons did. They were that good. But all of the other great teams, they seem to have a bit of a run in them. You know, it wasn't 11 years. It was maybe a good... They had a really, really good five years, something like that. They might not have even won five grand finals in a row. But damn, during that five years, you had to beat them at some point. And we've seen that recently in the Storm, I guess, where you've got to beat the Storm. You know, and it's been that way for for years and years and years. This may be one of the first years it hasn't felt that way for a decade that you had to beat the Storm to win the grand final. It's uh, it's incredible. It's incredible seeing it happen. And it's incredible that it's my football club that's doing it. I would never... It's the dream, you know? It's, it's what you always hope that the Panthers, if they could just get their junior development on the right track, where it's... They've always been able to spit out talent from that junior development system, always, even at their very worst, test players. And you thought, you know what, if that junior development system was ran well and the first grade team could just lift their standards so that it was a club that people wanted to stay at, it would be incredible to see what happened. Well, now we're seeing what happens. And I I can't believe it. I can't believe the results we're seeing. Nathan Cleary becomes, you know, one of the youngest halfbacks to win back-to-back titles, to play in three straight grand finals. He'll be in the Australian Test team, there's no doubt about that. Um, I think he's probably earned his start, although I could see if Mal Meninga decides to go with DCE because of uh, him in, in um, Munster in the halves. That worked well for Queensland. Look, I wouldn't blow up about it. I just want Mal to go and win the the uh, World Cup. I don't care how he does it. He'd be a brave man to do that. But it's Mal Meninga, man. Who's going to question him? Look what he does in rep football. Looking ahead for this Panthers team. Next year, the thing that worries me is that the grind of their style will wear down their forwards. I think they need some new blood in the forwards just for the fact that it's it's a difficult style to keep with, you know. And I, I'm not saying replace who they've got, but I just think they need some new bodies in there, you know. Luke Garner's coming in next year from uh, the West Tigers, but I think he'll play um, I think he'll play in the centres for the Panthers. 
If he plays in the Viliami kick hour role, that could be helpful. He's a big dude. He's he's got good footwork. Um, but I would like to see them just bring through a couple of big boppers, you know, who could just take a little pressure off of Leota and, and, and Fisher Harris and maybe allow them to rotate the forwards a little bit more. I think one of the things that people will look back on is the fact that some of the Panthers got suspensions and injuries leading into the end of the NRL season this year. And that were, there was force resting of players. And then there was the rest that they earned when they won the first round of the finals. You get a week off, you know, all of that stuff, I think freshened them up a little bit and helped them with their, their style of football because no one can do, no one can play this style of football year after year after year. It's too brutal. You know, you need some sort of circuit breaker in there to allow you to keep going, to not just bash yourself out the game, basically. It's, you know, and they've got the perfect setup to do it. They've got the perfect rugby league club to make that happen. I'm very proud of the Panthers. I'm very proud of the club. I can't believe it's my football team. As for the Parramatta Eels, I think that they will look at this and, and you know, they they rate themselves highly. Parramatta fans are not going to like what I'm about to say. And I don't think you're going to be listening if you're a Parramatta fan, but the Parramatta Eels have rated themselves highly for a long time. And they still don't have any silverware. They do have big wins in the finals now but they don't have any silverware to show for it. I think they'll take a step back just because of some of the players they're losing next year. Um, and that's a normal thing to do. But I, I think that in this grand final, they just ran out against a team that was just a completely different level. And it showed. It really showed. And, you know, I, I just think that this Parramatta team, I mean, they've been together for a while now. I don't think you do a wholesale breaking up of, of the side, but I think it would be fair if the Parramatta Eels looked at how far they got, looked at how their supposed key players played in the big games, and maybe didn't write their name in pen on the team sheets anymore. I think that there there is the scope to to improve and to change to improve. Um because some of their supposed big names when it comes to the big games they just don't stand up. I'm not I'm not talking about Mitch Moses by the way. I'm not talking about him. There's nothing he could have done in this game. Um I'm talking about the likes of Gutherson who to be honest, in the last three games, finals games they've played, he's been fucking terrible. You know, been outplayed by his opposite number in every single game. Um, apart from the Canberra game, sorry, not that one, but you know, against the Panthers and then the the North Queensland Cowboys and then the Panthers again, he he just has been dreadful in those games, and I think that the Eels. As much as they love him, they need to start looking at alternatives 
And if they move him up to 5.8, I don't know how they do it. They move him to 5.8 and, you know, I just think that they don't get enough out of fullback from him. And his positioning, especially in the last two games, has been catastrophic in defence. So that's that's something that the Eels can improve on. Having said that, there's been a lot of talk out of that Eels club for the last number of years. They talked all year that they said that they felt they had the wood on the Panthers. I don't want to hear another fucking thing about the Parramatta Eels ever again. Just if the Eels want to talk, here's a, here is what they need to remember. Shut the fuck up. Just shut the fuck up. Let your football do the talking. Because every time they come into a big match, they fail. So just shut the fuck up. That's all I wanted to say about the grand final. I'm very happy. I have yet to work out what the big celebration is going to be. I think that they'll do similar to what they did last year where um, they'll have an event at the stadium, but then they will also have an open-topped bus that will go through Penrith. Worked really well last year. I have already told Nadine, put my name down for it. (laughs) Whatever it costs. I want to be there. So she already knows. She's already acknowledged that. She said, I'll sort it out. Um, I'm just thrilled. I'm so happy. I can't believe my team's done this. I hope I haven't rambled too much. Uh, when Andrew is on next, I will have someone to moderate my thoughts, my enthusiasm, my one-sided commentary. I will ask him what he thinks about this Panthers team, about what he thinks about what he saw. And then we'll start probably a discussion upon where they can go from here as a club, the Panthers. And, and um, you know, we'll probably look at the starts that some of the dynasties had and, you know, think about where the Panthers need to go when they start climbing that ladder of not only very good teams, but now greatest teams of all time. Um, One last thing I want to say is that nothing made me happier than to see how happy Greg Alexander was after the match on the podium. There was nobody in that stadium that was happier than Greg Alexander. And I know in the commentary they were saying, well, Nathan Cleary technically is the best Panthers halfback of all time. I think Nathan Cleary would be the first person to say the greatest halfback in Penrith football history is Greg Alexander. If Nathan Cleary wins 10 grand finals in a row, maybe we'll have a discussion. But Brandy Alexander is not just a footy player to people in Penrith. He's a family member. We all love him. He's a great man, a great person off the field. He was a great footballer. And you could just see the happiness he had to see all of these young dudes winning grand finals. It's just the best thing in the world to him. And I just thought that was amazing to watch. It just, you know, filled my heart with happiness to see that man as happy as he was. 
I know all of the former Panthers players will be very, very happy tonight. I know all of the fans will be happy tonight. I am very happy tonight. I will try not to rub anyone's face in this. I've tried to be a good supporter from the best team in the game. Um, but i got to say, back-to-back champions, uh, it's crazy. It's absolutely crazy. Anyway, thank you for listening. I hope I haven't upset anyone. Um, you can follow me on Twitter, League Freak, no spaces. You can uh, make sure you subscribe to the podcast. You can go and check out my Patreon. It's patreon.com forward slash League Freak. You can pay anything from a dollar into that up to whatever. There's You can earn mugs and T-shirts and stickers. You just, whatever, if you want to chip in and and help support the podcast and the websites, you can support the podcast and chip in and all that. I want to thank Palmerbet. Um, we had an agreement with Palmerbet right through the NRA regular season. It's been amazing to be on board with Palmerbet. They've been absolutely fantastic. Um, couldn't thank them and everybody there enough. Really, really great dudes. It's a great organization to work with. Um, it's been fantastic to have them on board. We'll, we'll probably let the grand final settle down and then we'll talk about whether they'll be on board again next year. We're hoping that they're going to be on board again next year. It'll be cool to have them on board. It's been great. Um we have the Rugby League World Cup coming up now. Our focus will change. We're looking towards the World Cup. We will cover that with more podcasts than you can even imagine. I will watch every single game. I plan on destroying my sleeping habits completely. I will get guests on from the UK. I already have like three or four guests lined up from the UK. We have a lot to talk about. I want to talk about the situation with Super League and the the blueprint that they've put out in the last couple of days. I wanted to get past the NRL Grand Final before I really studied that and give my thoughts on that. We've got some uh, some some interesting things happening with uh, administrators who have said some really shitty things in public and who need to be sacked because of it. This podcast doesn't have an off-season, all right? Just so you know, there's no off-season on Fergo and the Freak. So, if you love your rugby league, stick around. We'll give you more content. Back-to-back champions. Go, you mighty Panthers. And I'll talk to you all soon. Oh, Palmer bet with the big don't argue. Punters will love that. Download our app today and enjoy tackle-busting benefits with great promos, great odds, and same-game multi this footy finals at Palmer Bet. Gamble responsibly. For gambler's help, call 1-800-858-858.